0: Hello, lover. You've tuned in to a Tima Talks Books podcast. My name is Fatima Louie, and today we are going to be talking about money. Yes, money. Such an uncomfortable topic. <laughs> so, I will be talking about my learnings about money from the book God, Money, and Me from Pastor Paul DeYoung of Life Church. And for those of you who have been to Life Church here in Auckland, you know exactly what I mean when I say that when you walk into their worship space, you feel the Holy Spirit. You see Jesus in every single person who was lifting their hands during praise and worship. The wisdom that is poured out of every sermon, the love that is poured out into the community, and the leadership that is instilled in every leader that I have met from Life Church is just supernatural. And for those of you who follow me on YouTube, if you don't or if you haven't already, then please subscribe. That'll be great. That'll be very helpful for me. Um, you would have seen my Sisters Conference vlog. It's still up there. Uh, and you would have seen snippets of thousands, I'm talking thousands of women lifting their hands for Jesus. Uh, the Sisters Conference was hosted by Life Church. And so what you see in that video is the work of God being done in Life Church. So I feel honored to be speaking about this book. And I'm encouraging you all to go out and buy a copy. So I hope you enjoy this podcast and let me know what you think afterwards. Alright, so in my own experiences, I'm just going to get straight into it. In my own experiences with money, it's been both a problem and a solution. And I can honestly say that I've always had an unhealthy relationship with money. And reason being, well I think so, is because I was never taught about money. You know, I remember growing up, we weren't allowed to hold money as kids. And all money was to be given directly to my parents. And even earning money as a child wasn't a thing for us. You know, growing up in Christchurch, I went to school with a lot of balangi kids And they would talk about doing chores for extra pocket money. Whereas in my family, we did the chores or else we'll just get a hiding, you know. And so my habits of poor money handling started from a young age and has unfortunately followed me in my adult life. And I've been on quite a journey with money since discovering this book last year. I've noticed that every time I've steered away from the biblical wisdom that is contained in this book, I go down a downward spiral and then I'm back to being broke. So this book, God, Money and Me, really, really is a godsend. The book is about 250 pages long and it's not really a book where you read it from start to finish and then you're done. It's a book that you actually need to study, reflect on and even incorporate into your prayers, especially when you're praying over your finances. So when you get your copy, don't be afraid to get it dirty. Write notes, highlight what you need, put in the post-its, scribble around, do whatever you need to do, but make sure you apply every bit of biblical wisdom That is in this book on your life. So let's get started. All right, so Pastor Paul starts off by sharing a story about a lawnmower that he purchased in America, and he uses this story to share an important life lesson about our money mindset. And I really like that he started the book like this because it had me engaged and feeling inspired to read on. And then when you move on to the first chapter, he gets into it and breaks down all the money myths and how the enemy, Satan, likes to distract us and make us forget that we were blessed by God from the very beginning and if we don't understand that we were blessed from the very beginning then we're not going to unlock our blessings and there are so many excuses about money in this fresh chapter that I for one am very guilty of saying so for example oh yeah you know when I get a better job I'll yeah I'll do that oh you know when I pay off my bills then I have more money oh when I have more savings then I'll do that you know Pastor Paul combats all of these excuses and explains that there is a plan clearly outlined in the Bible for financial freedom. And the thing is, is that he backs all of this up with a Bible verse after Bible verse after Bible verse all throughout the book. It's, it's honestly insane. Like it's insane because here we are struggling financially and being addicted to working for money when the truth about our finances is right there in the holy book the holy book that we have lying around the house, probably collecting dust somewhere. You know, I buzz out because I think of all the seminars and conferences out there for people wanting to know the trick to earning more money. And people pay big money to attend these seminars for the answers, yet the answers are right there in the Bible. And then you have a book like God, Money and Me that is only, what, 20-something dollars that you can keep forever and always refer back to when things are starting to get challenging around your finances. When you move on to the second chapter of the book, there's a quote that is somewhat confronting, but also very true. It's from the book Balancing the Christian Life by Charles, I hope I say this right, Charles Cordwell Ryrie. Oh gosh, that's so sad. But yeah, it's from his book Balancing the Christian Life. And it says, How we use our money demonstrates the reality of our love for God. Let me repeat that. How we use our money demonstrates the reality of our love for God. When I reflect on this quote based on my own experiences, it gives me a sense of, I guess, guilt and shame because I think about the amount of money I've wasted on things that serve me no purpose or when I've clearly lived so carelessly to the point where I've become so delusional and thinking that I can throw money at a problem just to make it go away. You know, I'm talking driving fines, gadgets, clothes, unnecessary expensive clothes, you know, clothes that I don't even need, clothes that I'm only going to wear once just to impress people and then just to look good in the photo just just for the gram and then move on and never wear it again. And it's actually true when you really take the time to think about it, if we really did honour God in our finances, would we be spending insane amounts of money on eating out clothes, alcohol? I know I personally wouldn't, but I have because Jesus wasn't at the center of my pay that comes in every fortnight. You know, so I have been wasting all this money. And now that this book has come along, things have changed for the better. So I'm really grateful for the conviction and the wisdom in these opening chapters because it sets the tone on how powerful this book is. And then moving on to the third chapter of God, Money and Me, there's a strong money myth that is destroyed. And that myth is that the Bible teaches that money is evil. And Pastor Bo question. questioned, Pastor ball. oh my gosh, Pastor Paul questions us and says, "Who told you that? The power of money can destroy, but it also builds. That goes back to how we use our money. We can use it for God's work, or we can use it for, to fulfill our own worldly needs. And for me, reflecting on this, this motivates me to do the hard task of reassessing my finances, looking through my ba- I hate doing this looking through my bank statements, and seeing how I could do better to ensure that Christ is at the center of all my money matters. So Pastor Paul carries on by saying it's not just about us. It's also about the blessing that will flow through us. We have gone so far the other way that we have allowed the enemy and isolated misdemeanors of a few misguided people to stop us from stepping into what God has promised. That is so powerful. And when you read this part of the book, you will understand the full context of what that is about. And then later on this chapter... Ah, uh, you'll also hear about the word prosperity. See, I never knew that prosperity was a dirty word. i don't I don't even think I know what it means properly. Like there are so many words that I come across, not just in the Bible, but in life, where I just have to quickly stop and Google it and then act like I knew what it meant the whole time, but in re- actually, I didn't. Um so yeah, yeah, so he talks about prosperity. Um, Pastor Paul explains that he about the time when he taught about prosperity, in a sermon back in the day and he received pretty bad feedback about it and what he says is prosperity is not a dirty word but a biblical concept that frees us up to be able to free others let me read that again he says prosperity is not am I even saying that right he says prosperity is not a dirty word but a biblical concept that frees us up to be able to free others when you read through this part of the book, you'll have a clearer understanding of what Pastor Paul is teaching. So probably a lot better than what I can explain to this podcast. I want to ch- touch on chapter four really quickly. I, I'm not going to move through all the, the, the chapters of the book and ruin it for you guys. I definitely want you all to read it and study it and and really take it all in because it's such a powerful and amazing life-changing book. Praise the Lord. Um, But I want to ch- touch on chapter four really quickly because... Pastor Paul wrote something there that really applies to my life. Pastor Paul says, it's okay to have stuff. Just don't let stuff have you. Let me read that again. Pastor Paul says, it's okay to have stuff. Just don't let stuff have you. And girl, that (laughs) that speaks to my heart. Honestly, that really does apply to my life. So I own quite a few nice gadgets, you know, quite a few nice technologies and things. And I'm very blessed to have that. But my problem is, is that I tell myself, oh, I'll be good once I get that. Oh, I'll be good once I get a better this. But once I get it, I start to crave the next big thing. So for example, when I bought my camera, so some of you who will follow me on YouTube and on Instagram, you'll see that I got a new camera for vlogs. I'm very blessed, praise the Lord. Um, very expensive camera, but it's such good quality. But when I bought this camera for my vlogs, um, th- this is a p- really good example for it. I was using my phone before I got this camera. And when I was using my phone, I told myself, oh, once I buy an actual vlogging camera, then I'll be sweet. Then I'll start vlogging properly. But then once I bought my camera, I was like, oh, I'm going to need another tripod. But I actually already have a tripod. So I'm always guilty of wanting something better when what I have with me is just fine. I should really show gratitude for what I already have. And that brings me back to what I said about not honouring God with my finances, because I should show gratitude to the many things that I already have that actually has a multi-purpose. Like something as silly as a tripod, although, although it's just a tripod, they're actually pretty expensive, real quality ones um, for wannabe professional YouTubers like me. Um, so skipping ahead, right ahead to chapter 7, you'll find a study guide with room that will allow you to write your main reflection points about financial breakthrough. Uh and you can also write about a clear focus, you can you can write about that, a clear focus on your finances and a few other things, just whatever you want. There's so much room for um, flexibility. Actually, Pastor Portion actually includes questions that you can write. So you can write in the book if you want, but I chose to copy this into my journal because that's just what I prefer, um, there's more room, and I just prefer having all my content in one book, all my Bible studies in one book. So moving forward to chapter 9. Now chapter 9 is when we're introduced to something very dark. Um, It is called the spirit of mammon. I had never heard of this before, but as we read the chapters that covers the spirit of mammon, I begin to see the seriousness of it and I reflect back on how the spirit once controlled my financial life. And Pastor Paul says that mammon is a spirit that attaches itself to money and operates outside the purposes of God. Let me read that again because that's a really good one. Pastor Paul says that mammon is a spirit that attaches itself to money and operates outside the purposes of God. When we understand this and look at our finances, we will definitely be able to see where the spirit of mammon has been at work. Now, I understand this. I look back and I see where this ugly spirit has had a hold on my money and how I thought nothing of it. You know, I just let it casually slide. I did not even think anything of it. But the teaching of the spirit of mammon takes up quite a few chapters in the latter part of this book. And so it should, you know, it's a lot more serious than how I'm explaining it. I don't even think I'm doing it justice, but it is a a very serious um, piece of learning in the book. And I'm excited for you guys to learn about it as well. So the next few chapters talks about tithing. Now, if you don't know what tithing is, tithing is derived from the Old Testament or or Moses law, if you want to call it that. And it is about giving 10% of your overall income to God. What that looks like today is giving 10% of your income to God through your church. This is thoroughly explained with all the biblical verses to support it. See, I come from the Catholic Church and I personally have never been taught that, taught anything about tithing. And when talking to my friends from City Impact Church here in Mount Wellington, which is here in Auckland, amazing church, they were talking about the importance of tithing. And my really silly response at that time was, well, you guys need to tithe, you know, look at your church. It's so expensive. You know, they honestly, if you go to this church, it, they have the lights, they got the camera, they got, they got the cafe. They have an amazing foyer and with a bookstore in there and two levels. I think the top part is all offices and breakout rooms. Um, but yeah, they got a media team, they got everything. And it's just the most amazing space for praise and worship I can't even deal with. Like, I walk into that that church and I'm in awe. So I go sometimes because my friends go there. Um, Whereas at my humble church, which is also Mount Wellington, I don't think the costs are as high to maintain it. Hence why a lot of families at my church give an offering. So just whatever they can. And then we as a parish work together to do fundraising events to make money. Uh, But then when Pastor Paul teaches about tithing in the book... And has all the biblical proof. Like, he's not just talking about money and not having anything to back it up. There is biblical proof in every single, like, nearly every single page. You know, when he was teaching about this and had all that proof, there was no way I couldn't not follow it. You know, I may be the only person in my family giving that much cash in one Sunday. I honestly think I I am. You know, to be honest, after knowing what I know from this book, I feel even more blessed than what I did when I had that extra cash. You know, I can't even explain that freedom that I feel knowing that my money matters from here on and will be blessed. And knowing that I have something tangible like this book as a resource for the rest of my life that I can keep referring back to each time I pray for God's hand over my finances. And like I said before and, and earlier on this podcast, this is not a book that you read from start to finish and then you put it down and you're done. It's not like a novel. It's really something that... You need for the rest of your life over your finances. There's so much goodness, there's so much good content in here. And I don't think this podcast is doing this book justice. So I hope this isn't en- going to encourage everyone to go out there and buy it. Um, I will leave uh, a few links in the description below and uh, in-, in the podcast to give you guys some information on where to buy it so i'm still trying to figure that out but i will definitely hope that you will see it and definitely on our social media as well so the book is called god money and me one of the biggest blessings in my life and i just want to thank pastor paul de Jong for putting out such an amazing but what a blessing what a blessing to, to to the people in new zealand actually in this world because I hopefully it's available worldwide um and i'm very blessed to have this book i can't even remember how i got the book i think i took it from my friend I think she gave it to me. She's a member at Life Church, so... And, yes, yeah, so I'm definitely encouraging everyone to go and get a copy and just know that there is financial freedom in, in, in God. You know, put Jesus at the centre of all your finances and watch miracles happen. There have been, actually been a few miracles have um, happened to me since I started tithing for the first time. And... Oh, I don't even want... I, yeah, I don't want to talk too much about myself. This is a book review, duh. Um, so just, just know that I'm not, I'm being for real, there have been so many, that think about six or seven miracles and breakthroughs just in this week alone from tithing, so God is good, and that's your book review, and I hope you guys, so when you do get the book, let me know, uh, tag me on any Instagram stories, and let me know what you think, and also let me know what you think of this podcast. I hope it's been helpful. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me the strength. It's one o'clock in the morning right now. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me the strength to be able to talk for this long and to be able to, to give me the strength, give me the voice to share the work of God, share the, share the word of God, sorry. And yeah, I hope you've enjoyed it. Again, I'm starting to be repetitive. Uh And take care. God bless. Bye.